Gillette launches a new ad challenging images of masculinity and surprise, surprise, people are weighing in pro and con. This is the focus group. It's the savvy side of nine to five. Listen. Bueller. 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 Laugh. <laughs> and learn. Negotiation. This is what you do in business. This is the Focus Group with Tim Bennett. S-T-A-U-N-C-H. And John Nash. Keep your clothes looking neat and clean. We're all business. Except when we're not. Welcome to the Focus Group. John Nash here with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Tim Bennett. Dieter. I was you read my mind. I was just going to go, oh my God, you're, you're, you're channeling Dieter today in a turtle. I don't know if I could wear a turtleneck. Well, you know, this one seems to be rolling up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you can't tell on camera. You look good. Hey, focusgroupradio.com is our website. If you go there, you'll learn about all the platforms we're on and our other podcast, which is uh, Unbuttoned, audio only, comes out on Tuesdays. It's about 20 minutes long. We usually tackle three topics, sometimes politics, sometimes pop culture, sometimes a mix of everything that I just said. Um, so here we are at the, uh, here's, a, am I right about this? The penultimate week of the first month of the new year. <laughs> All you can do to use that word. First of all, before, you know, you mentioned TFGM button. We've had some listeners that want us to be a little more pointed in our political talk on there. We or, haven't done or, politics or in a while. We, Well, God. We seem to have stayed away. I think everybody's overburdened with politics. Politics lately. Like, I remember when you used to get your news at the end of the day or out of the paper, and you'd, then you'd move on, right? You know, it's like, but now it's 24-7 being slammed over the head with whatever's going on. And by the time you and I process something a day later... It's already changed, right? Well, that's the president. So, so I don't know. It's uh, All right. To kick off the show, I would like to, uh, to talk to Tim about an event that I went to this past weekend, which was a lot of fun. And uh, if, if you're a longtime listener or watcher of the show, you probably know our good friend, Paul Hagen. Paul Hagen comes on to do the, uh, the Metro Source segment, and he puts culture back in pop culture. Well, he and his partner, Justin, got married this weekend. And I have, a, if you're watching, if you're lucky enough to be watching on YouTube, there's a picture of uh, Paul and then Justin on the right, and they're on a merry-go-round. And the wedding took place at a park, a, a famous park here north of New York City called Bear Mountain State Park. And Bear Mountain has this indoor merry-go-round and an event space, and they had the wedding at the merry-go-round, and it was hysterical. So in typical Paul fashion... And Justin, they both did a great job planning this thing. So when we, we got there, every seat had a card on it, which was the which was the kind of the course of events. Oh, wow. So here's like so it says, Welcome to the wedding of Paul and Justin. And the here's the ceremony. Big type. And it, this is total Paul. Daddies and daughters, people of honor. Here come the grooms. These are the events as they happen. We are gathered here today, in quotes. Words, words, words. Promises, promises. <laughs> I now pronounce you. And then the married go round. So not they had a first dance, but they had a first round on the merry-go-round. <laughs> and so everybody joined them on the merry-go-round. They had that thing running all night. And here is a video that Bob took. Paul and Justin are ahead of us. You don't need the sound for this at all. What um, kind of music was it, though? Was it just merry-go-round? There music? I am. Look, watch Bob. Watch Now I go down. What are you a, riding, John? I was riding a horse. Where are you? Uh, Bob was on a cat. Now, here's something. Bob was on a cat. So here's something interesting. Guys. on a beaver? You want to say hi to the boys in the booth? Uh, we have Garrett. We have John. And we have Steve. Am I correct? Steve the intern. Yep. Steve's going to be a new, like, favorite, I think, too. Guys, <laughs> do you know the difference between a carousel and a merry-go-round? 
Ooh. I mean, who doesn't? Oh, jeez. Oh, Good Garrett. question. There isn't one. Yes, there is. Uh-huh. Yes, and Jeremy's Garrett was clever by deflecting I'll that. I'll let you tell them. Uh, oh, thank you, Garrett. Thank it you. is his show. <laughs> we have to thank the guys in the booth. Every week they bring us to you, and they do a fantastic job. So the difference between a carousel and a merry-go-round is a carousel is horses only, and a merry-go-round could have any animal on it. You know, like a turkey. Like there was a turkey on the merry-go-round. There was a... Um, was there a beaver? There was an otter. <laughs> sit on the beaver? So yeah, I'll tell I Tim I I told Tim the story. My drum, bum bumps. Bob took this very arty this arty uh, this arty video of the merry-go-round. Arty video. It's beautiful. So there was one point where um, anyway they did a did fend- it run all night. They would run it. Um, so stop, let people off. Yeah, people so they would run it probably on. every 15, 10 or 15 minutes. You could hop on and go for a ride. And it was a ball. It was a ball. I have to say. And it snowed. So when we got up, oh, it, wow. this was Snowmageddon weekend. Remember the big storm? I was petrified because we had to drive. through. It was only 35 miles north of the city. Drove up. It was dry weather. When we left, it had snowed. We had three inches on the ground. You know, it's one of those deals where you just ride 40. You drive carefully, slowly and carefully. Was it an inside hall? Inside hall, yep. Oh. Beautiful big ceiling, glass ceiling, because the, the 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 merry-go-round had this originally might have had this kind of tent thing over it. I wonder why Paul. It's I guess so very Paul and Justin, but I wonder why he picked. They wanted location. they wanted a unique space, and um, and they 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 got it. So on the back of this great uh, guide to the events, they had these little icons like there was ceremony start at six thirty, first ride at seven, cocktail at seven. Dance at eight ten, buffet at eight thirty, and cake at ten thirty. And they had some stats about the two of themselves. They've been together for three thousand one hundred and ten days. Uh, they met on seven fifteen twenty ten. They said I love you on eight twenty nine twenty ten. Uh, oh. The first person to RSVP to the wedding was were Vincent and Susan. And the guests that traveled the far, this was 2,850 miles. We, we just love this. And they're, they're honeymooning in Belgium. When they go on honeymoon, they're going to be can in I Belgium. See that car? Yes, you certainly can. Well, that's so uh, thank you. To, congratulations to Paul and Justin. And thank you to the two of them for a very, very, very cool event and a fun night. You know, I, I said to Bob, we were sitting there watching them uh, do their vows. And I said, I don't know. Are we going to be invited to a lot more weddings? As you get older, you don't get invited. I mean, when, you, when you're younger, they drive you crazy because you have to go to so many of them, right? Yeah, I announced when I was at Subaru that I had to be invited to anything. <laughs> Did I you said, really? Oh, you I announced said, that? Please do not invite me. So because there were too many. So, and I said, and I and I and I adhered to it. I said I will not go. Well, these guys did a terrific job, and I uh, it was and it was a pleasure meeting both their families too. By the way, um, it, and the families are very reflective of the of of Paul and Justin, which is just a nice. It was just. Well, I saw event. lots of pictures on Facebook, so I, I um, it looked like it was a it was a nice event. It, we, you know, it's one of those things. We got in the car, we're driving home slowly because, as I said, it was snowing. Uh, and Bob just said, "What a great time!" He goes, "He goes, I love meeting their families. They they were immediately accessible. You could, Paul. We we had great conversations with Paul and Justin, which is a unique thing about a wedding. Often the bride and, or in this case, the groom and groom, you don't have no. too much face time with them. Yeah, there's so much. But this is a very manageable bunch of crowd of people. They they planned it themselves. Did a great job. Well, that sounds fantastic. Fun, fun, fun. Did you you know? So you could have brought them. I posted to our our Facebook page, but you probably could have brought them the new last a couple of weeks ago. We talked about the KFC log, the fireplace log. Did you see the candle? They have a KFC candle. They have a KFC candle. I signed us up for it. I don't know if we'll get one. There's a limited edition of them, mm. but it smells like chicken. I guess fried, fried chicken. chicken. So if you want your house to smell like a KFC store or KFC franchise, 
But what if I want my my house to smell like the kitchen at uh, Long John Silver's? Well, I guess you probably could. <laughs> you know, maybe but is Long John Silver's even around? Oh, anymore? yes, it is. You know, you know, Jay, she's a yeah. fan of the show and a listener uh, in Seattle. She she, she likes Long John. Oh, Silver's? yeah, and there's there's one in Marietta on the way into town that she insists I stop. And you know they. You know they make that fried fish, so it's a fried fish franchise, and they have all the stuff that falls off. Well, somebody came up with the idea to sell that breading in a bag like you would sell french fries. So she used to go in there. This was in the 80s, before they would even sell the stuff and ask for scoops of that junk that they would just throw away. But now this they actually the, sell it in the bag, the, the, the crumplies that fall yeah. off from the fish that's in the in the thing. And they'd scoop and crump. Now they sell I'm it. sorry. <laughs> she would say to me, "You really missed your calling." Oh no, you didn't. You're in advertising and marketing, but you know they could hire you. What, do you, what, we, what should we call this? The Crumplies. <laughs> she would say to me, "She'd always if she saw me." Crumplies. Her, her dorm was near my frat house, and if she saw me go to get my car, every once in a while, when she had a hankering for these things, she'd be like, "Are you going out on Pike Street?" And sure enough, I had to pull in Long John. She'd run in and get a bag of them. She'd ask for a bag, but they didn't. Yeah. They didn't charge her. No, they just thought she was crazy wanting them. Now they sell them. <laughs> They just thought she was crazy. Well, they threw them, them away, right? It was the waste. It was the, so they'd fry the chicken, they throw it in the thing, and you go there and say, "I want a piece of cod, or I want fish and chip, whatever the thing is." You get, yeah. and the crumblies are all in the bottom. Yeah, there. when you and I were in high school, and we used to be, you know, high school for me and Tim uh, uh, was, you know, you had limited options in Connecticut. Like you'd come by in your Orange Vega standard. You taught me how to drive in a VW, though, not the Vega. I wasn't allowed to drive the Vega. Yeah, we ruined but, the- we had, but we had a, a, a select roster of fast food joints we would be allowed, we, we, were, we allowed ourselves to hang out at. McDonald's was McDonald's. definitely top of the list because of the fries. And because a friend of ours we went to high school with worked at McDonald's, no matter what you ordered, it came to 25 cents. My order was always a- two cheeseburgers with extra onion. One fry. One fry and an orange drink. And mine was always two regular burgers, a large fry, and a small... You didn't get the cheeseburger? No, I Why wasn't. Not? Ugh, I wasn't a big fan of the cheeseburger. Cheeseburger was, cheeseburger was your signature piece. I couldn't invade that. So be, you could have had it. We were never Burger King fans. Nope. Wendy's... We liked. We liked. Hard um, to find in Connecticut. When we wanted to go upscale, there was the Brown Derby. <laughs> Do you remember the dirt? Waterbury. Yeah, and it had all the peanut shells on the floor. That's when we wanted to go upscale. We, but we'd go to Davily's Pizza. Davily's Pizza. Uh, but then Long John Silver's was never really on. We, it, they had one. We had one, but we never go there too often. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't on our radar, I don't think. I think Red Lobster put them out of business. <laughs> <laughs> Red Lobster's got grilled things that might not have crumblies on them. Oh, my God. And they can't sell the crumblies. All right. So what caught your eye? What caught your eye? Here's what Tim and John found. Well, John and I both work at home. So, you know, sometimes I can be lonely, John. <laughs> Are you ever lonely at home? Uh, maybe for about two minutes. So it says, it says I saw this article and I just laughed and it just put a smile on my face. But it says, a man who works from home keeps naming his dog Employee of the Month. <laughs> I saw this in the deck. When you, so if you're watching, I, if you're, how could you not laugh? If you're at watching this? on our video, there's a guy that works out of his home. He's a sales sales rep and he works out of his home in Georgia. And it's another part of the house. And every time he has two dogs. One dog's named Mika and one's, one's named Kaya. He said Kaya's more of a lady of leisure. She could care less what he does where he goes. But this other dog, Mika, that you see here, uh, follows him everywhere. 
And so whenever he goes into his office to do his do his work, his name is Michael Reeg, R-E-E-G, or Reg, but I assume it's Reeg. Um, when he goes and gets on the phone, he says she's she's right there. She's waiting for him. She sometimes beats him to the door to the office. And she goes in and she lays down. He says he often finds himself talking through sales problems with her or asking her a question or practicing a sales pitch. And he said, it's funny. She obviously doesn't know what I'm saying, but she pays attention to me. She looks at me. <laughs> Turns the head. He's <laughs> like, you know, it's to her, it's blah, 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 blah. But he's... The dog's at least paying attention and being attentive. This is a fantastic story. I love this story. So he said it was quite a change for him to go to a home-based um, position. He said, but it, it really helped that he had this faithful companion with him. And he says, um, he said, he said, her career efforts have not gone unrecognized. Michael has handed her an employee of the quarter award ever since beginning a, motiva a motivational. Um, initiative back in 2016. So each award, again, if you're watching, is diligently framed with a different picture of-, of But that's of the brilliance the of this. He didn't just take the same picture. Right. He has a, and one of them, the dog has a ball in its mouth. Yep. Um, the other one, he's looking left. The one dog's looking right. But he always has a different picture of Mika, which I think is a riot. So they said that, um, and the daughter thinks it's hilarious. The daughter didn't know about it until she went to her dad's office one day and saw these hanging up. And the daughter just broke up. She said, Dad, this is hilarious. Like, I can't believe you did this. And he said that um, even though Mika's not easily impressed, she's uh, she's been a great companion. And uh, it said even days when he doesn't, it said what's interesting, even days where he has to go out on a sales call, leave the house, the, 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 wait by the door. The front, like, literally wait for him. Wait, to wait for him by the door. So she says she she never uses as as an excuse to phone in sick. <laughs> or, or, or curl up in her basket all day. She waits out, outside the door diligently like a good employee. Like an employee. Employee of the month, employee. Employee of the month, employee of the quarter, Mika. Do you talk to your pets? Dog. You know, I do. Um, I I keep them. So there's a, I have a bed. So they will both come in and lay there. They'll in your office. Come in and just lay there to be with me. They just want to be there. And um, the only time, though, is I get nervous sometimes because depending on who I'm on the phone with, if they see the postman or they'll, they'll see the barking. garbage person yeah. or somebody comes by for delivery, they start barking. Or the dog in the back, they'll see and they'll start barking. So I always say to people, you might hear my dogs bark. I rarely hear them. There's, uh, I sometimes hear your dog Spike when you're holding Spike yeah. because Spike acts like a cat. So, now, he speaking like of, anyone being on the phone. Speaking of cats, when I had uh, the last couple years of my cat, Kubla Khan, Kubi for short, when Kubi was alive, when I started working at home, Kubi would do the same thing. He had a favorite spot, but if I was somewhere, he would end up being about two feet away. He'd, he'd plop down. He had a new favorite spot. And then if I moved, I remember one day I came home to do it. I came, I went out, came back and I had to dress to go to a uh, press event or something that I was invited to. And I was putting on a suit and tie and he's laying down in the sun and I start talking to him and wouldn't you know that they, they watch you yeah. and then he started burp, 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 making little noises as if he was communicating. Sadly, he, he passed away about a month after that. But I, I do think we have these connections with our pets that are very, very unique. My dogs always know when I'm getting ready to go somewhere, even when I come Ooh, up yeah. there. They, they, they sense the movement or that something's different. In They're the, packing in the a bag. Maybe schedule. it's that packing bag you pack. They know something's up, and then I get then I get the face. I feel good. <laughs> you get the face. So well, caught, your eye? caught my eye is something very different, uh, but it caught my eye for the very the reason it would catch your eye too. Let me just say this is headline: British man learns he's not the biological father of his three sons. My three sons. Yeah. So a British man stumbled upon his ex-wife's infidelity in an unusual way. He was informed by his doctor in 2016 that he had cystic fibrosis. Uh, 
His name is Richard Mason. He also noted that this patient, Richard Mason, was unable since birth to have, because of the cystic fibrosis, since birth was unable to have biological children because of the condition. But he has three boys. What do you mean, unable to have kids? So he was diagnosed in 2016 with cystic fibrosis, did not know he had it. The doctor says, oh, by the way, you can't have kids of your own because it must affect his fertility. But he had three boys. The infertility came as a shock to Mason, who had or thought he had produced three sons with his ex-wife to whom he'd been married 20 years. He had raised them since 1995, believing they were his own. But in fact, they were the children of a former co-worker of his wife, who she had a a four-year affair with. (laughs) <laughs> I knew you'd get that. I knew you would do that, face. So I guess the kids all looked alike because yes, so that helped. Because they came from the same father, yeah, and the same mother, obviously. But obviously, she had no idea that the husband was shooting blanks. I don't. You know, that is a puzzle to me. Right. That's a puzzle to me. I mean, they were obviously had an active sex life. He thought she was pregnant. Yeah. She was pregnant though by somebody else. Yeah. I guess she just kept it quiet. Fascinating. You, you, you've unearthed something. They didn't talk about that in the article. I, it, never, it didn't really cross my mind either because the minute I read this, I thought, and he's told by his doctor that you can't have children on your own you're, because of the cystic fibrosis. I thought, oh, boy, then, then, he, then he connected the dots. But you are right. I mean, the, they had to have a sex life. They were married for 20 years, right? And he assumed when she got pregnant, they were his kids. So he sued his ex-wife for the money that she got in the settlement because he was a compute he owns a, a a website and he asked to have her give back 5.8 million he paid her to in a 2008 settlement he also wanted the matter of paternity fraud addressed though it is unclear in what manner his ex-wife almost immediately agreed to settle as long as she doesn't need to name the children's biological father She's getting paid on both ends then. Well, the guy's attorney said, I was shocked and surprised that she settled. I thought we were going to have a very acrimonious court battle. And he was confident that they would figure, but the minute she said, no, you're not going to. And to top that off, uh, the kids don't want, Richard Mason very much wants the biological father to identify himself so the children know who he is. But a source whom the newspaper described as a close family friend said the sons are not interested in knowing the biological father at all this guy's their dad they don't need to know the biological father and and during the divorce proceedings the ex-wife revealed she had an on and off affair with the boy's biological father having the first child in 95 and the other two who are twins in 99 she had twins well that was easy So, did she, um, so what did he do? One of these tests or something, or did he did he force her to do it paternity, or did he? How did he find out? Did I miss that and not pay attention? How did he find out the kids? Did he did he do a like a DNA test or something? How did he find out what? How did he find out that the wife had the kids with someone else? He's he's incapable of having children. Right, but how did they find? How did he say then? Because the father was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. And then the wife came clean and said it was this guy. He well, he comes home. He goes, honey. He found out later. That he had it. And then the yeah. doctor was like, your whole life, you couldn't have kids. And he was like, wait, I have three kids. Thank you, Garrett. Right. Yeah. No, I got that. But how did he find? So he, when he approached the wife, she came clean. She had they to. Didn't have to yeah. do and they some were divorced sort of, already. Yeah. Right, but they yeah, didn't have to yeah. do a paternity test. No. Yeah, no. I guess not. No, because the wife. B- b- I bet she was screwing the boss and she's got paid on both ends. 
But I'm bummed. Don't you think? <laughs> if she doesn't want to know, if she doesn't want it known who she was having sex with, he's paying her off to keep quiet because he's married with kids and doesn't want that wife to have, have, have a problem. She probably got $10 million. Well, if she gave up the $5.8 million she got in the divorce settlement that easily, then there had I would say there's got to be an enrichment to the bank account going on somewhere else because who, who wants to part with $5.8 million? She was set. Paid on the other end from the man that was... <laughs> Tim, she's got paid on the other Exactly. You know that. Uh, Don't you think? You know, I didn't didn't delve into that too much. No, you didn't. You you dissembled in a Hardy Boys fashion. You dissembled the article quite nicely. But I just was shocked that imagine having three sons and realizing 20 years later that none of them are yours. I mean, they're yours because you raised them as their father, right? That part I, I believe in fully. But biologically, they're not yours. Yeah. No, it's well. All right, it's time for the business birthday. And this ancestry Everyone does celebrity thing birthday. Caused the problem. <laughs> you can let it go. Everyone does celebrity birthday greetings, but the Focus Group is the only show in the universe that celebrates business birthdays. I saw this one and I smiled because I knew you would love this business birthday. It's it's uh, Walter Frederick Morrison, born January twentieth, nineteen twenty, in Richmond, Utah. Died February 9th, nine, twenty ten. Cause of death was unspecified, but I'll tell you what happened to his remains. So um, there's three different stories. He's the inventor of the Frisbee. Oh, okay, okay. So you he invented th- the Frisbee. Right. So, but there's three different stories of how the Frisbee was invented. So I, I'm, this is, I, I was reading all three because they, they all seem to be very credible. So the first one was he says that um, he was playing with when he was a kid he used to toss pop can t- uh, popcorn tin lids around but they were very flimsy the metal was flimsy and they would bend then another story says that he was watching some kids play tossing pie tins aluminum pie tins and, and watching them fly off. but they wouldn't fly as well as they could have and he was a world war ii pilot so he was able to figure out aerodynamics mm-hmm. and then the third story says that he was living in St. Louis Obispo and... Um, wait, wait, St. Louis Obispo. <laughs> it's San Louis Obispo. What did I say? St. Louis. St. Louis. St. <laughs> Louis Obispo. I'm saying St. Louis. Well, I'm trying to do it off my head. So it says that he was, he and his wife were uh, throwing a, um, a cake pan around on the beach, a cake tin, and somebody offered him 25 cents for it to play on the beach with it. Anyway, what is... Um, but is he the inventor? So he has three... Of so there's his... three different stories as to how it came to him. Oh, okay, okay. But so it yes, is, he is, is the inventor. He, okay, but he does, it's changed. Yeah. So it's either kids playing with pie tins, him at the beach, or him throwing paint can lids, or him th- somebody's, everybody's throwing some sort of lids, and it's happened sometime between 37 and 47. Right. So well, he means, broad range of time, okay. So he sketched out an idea, something he called the whirly way. So the original names were the Whirly Way, the Flying Saucer, or the Pluto Platter. And there's a picture of him there if you're watching on the video. He was trying to capture all the UFO and the space intrigue that was going on in the 50s and 60s, John. Remember all the space stuff? Uh Uh-huh. Area 51, Roswell, the whole bit, yeah. So he teamed up with a guy, um, and they went to a plastic extruder, Warren Franschioni. And they went and they molded this design and they came up with this flying saucer. They tried to sell it at local fairs and uh, they were able to produce the disc cheaply made out of plastic. And they did this heavy ring around it, which helped it fly better. But they said that um, 
they had trouble selling them because people couldn't believe that they could, they could fly. And people thought there were strings on them because of the way that they would go and they would hover. And so they sold them for a dollar each. They thought they did well. Anyway, they ended up selling them. He and, he and Francione, Francione, I'm just going to say it wrong, ended up breaking, breaking apart. They, Francione said, this thing's not going to do anything. Fred kept the, um, kept the idea, kept the patent, and sold it to Whammo who quickly changed the name to Frisbee. Smart. Because, do you know where Frisbee comes from? No. I want to say, you know what, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wasn't there a famous dog in a movie called Frisbee? Nope. Well, there might have been. Okay, so I don't know. But this was in 1955. He sold all the rights to Ramo, which changed, uh, Whammo, which changed the name to Frisbee because at Yale University, I think Whammo's um, located in Connecticut, there's a Frisbee pie company in Connecticut that delivered all the pies to Yale. The empty pie tins, the guys who were using them to, to wing around as well. So the guys at Whammo said, well, let's just call it Frisbee. So he, he got a royalty up until the day he died for every Frisbee that sold. There were hundreds of millions. He said he didn't like the name initially uh, of Frisbee, but after he was getting his royalty checks in the tunes of millions, he thought it was okay. <laughs> oh, that, that's a calming, a soothing bomb is money. Oh, I don't like that name. Well, I'll cash the check. Right, and there's there's another guy at Frisbee. His name um, is Hedrick, and he's the one who is the modern-day father of Frisbee. He invented all the new designs, the championship designs, started Frisbee golf. There's 84 different patents of Frisbees now. But this guy that was at uh, Whammo um, ended up becoming the uh, the father of, of Frisbee. So when they both died, and again, this one this one was supposedly both of them. This Hedrick guy, when he died, had his his ashes made into a Frisbee. And it's on display at Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. And they also that, said that Fred Morrison's remains were We hit the were pause. They pause button. His remains were made into a Frisbee, Frisbee. And they're on display at the Ripley's, Ripley's Believe, Believe It or, or Not, Not Museum. Museum. That's the executive from Whammo, right? Yeah, that's Ed Hedrick. But then Fred Morrison's remains. Well, and there's also a few. So it says uh, Hedrick, who became known as the father of Frisbee sports, um, upon his death, he was cremated, and as requested by him, his ashes were molded into memorial Frisbee discs and given to family and close friends. <laughs> okay. And, supposedly, Fred Morrison had the same thing done. And he had his remains made into a Frisbee. This is not urban legend? I mean, well, it... The whole thing was 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 fraught with <laughs> inaccuracies. And well, with inaccuracies, and I tried to distill. You can see the four pages. I tried to distill it did down. A good job. I tried to distill it down, but essentially, they both supposedly had their remains made into frisbees because you, it was life changing. Did a very good job. I well, I don't know. But I, Happy I birthday, Fred. I'm stuck on the remains of someone being molded into a frisbee. Now I know people aren't running around playing with them, but I don't know. Well, it'd be like if you owned, uh, say, you owned a bike company. And they molded bikes. And you said you'd like some of your ashes made into a bike, and we're going to put it on display at the Schwinn Bike Museum. I don't know. It, no, what are you going to do with your remains? You know, they're, they're, are they going in a box? Are they going in the ground? They're going to probably end up in a box, and, and they're probably going to be... Uh, someone's going to come by later and find the box. What the hell's this? And they're probably just like, you know... Are you going to be sprinkled around anywhere? I haven't even thought of that. I just Because <laughs> you, you thought of everything else. <laughs> Listen to Tim, because I think of everything else. I haven't... That, one, that's one thing. You know, when I'm gone, who cares? Well, you don't want them just hanging out on a... On a, on a on a shelf somewhere. I bet if you ask Bob, Bob knows what he's going to do with his. 
see, he has those thoughts. He he actually thinks. But you're that thinking way. you you're not going to be buried. You don't think you'll be cremated? No, I want to be. Yeah, I'm going to be cremated too. And I was going to have a list of places I want my ashes spread. But I think forever's around might be too much of a trip. Where? It's going to spread all over the place, different places. It, it would take travel. <laughs> I'm sure Portland. Minneapolis. Well, there might have been a place, Ohio, Connecticut, yeah, yeah, I'm Nova guessing, Scotia. Yeah. Hey, why don't you just have him spread in St. Bart? I'll, I'll take him there for you. <laughs> There's a guy at the boathouse, and this is what Brian wants to have done with his, Brian Roman of Admark 360. Put him on a um, like a wood pallet. And then floated it. Floated out the river over the falls. Over the falls. Okay, so that's... Boathouse row. I, you know what? That's a. I think that's an elegant way to do it. I guess yeah. that's like a burial at sea. Yeah, maybe maybe you put my, my strap my ashes onto a bike, and as someone hits sixteen miles an hour, they open the lid, and they all fly out into the wind. And Achoo. I, yeah, <laughs> Achoo. My uncle wanted his spread at the uh, farm that he and my mom grew up at, and there's obviously another family that lives there. So my cousins did it though; they got their black clothes on and off. They went late at night and threw them over the threw them over the fence. Remember the time we did a story? I did a caught my eye on Disney World. Oh yes, I remember because that. Because people go and spread their ashes at Disney World and Disneyland, and that was and they had a special code for like when that happened because they had to bring out people in HEPA suits and HEPA stuff. Wow! All right, well, excellent business birthday. All right, moving moving on. <laughs> Uh, as many of you know, Deep Discount is a partner of ours here on the Focus Group. Uh, start shopping at Deep Discount by visiting focusgroupradio.com and clicking on the shark logo called Sharky. Arr! Puppet will soon come back, and I'm, I, I have a bead on a puppet that goes up, an uh, arm puppet that goes all the way up to your elbow. Oh, I, you do? That's my holy grail, so I could hold them down here and do a Sharky the Puppet thing. Uh, I want to thank again Lauren at Deep Discount, and a big hello to her, uh, her husband, John. Lauren sent us some nice gift certificates for the holidays, and I just want to throw something out there. Whenever someone gives me a gift certificate, regardless of how much it is, I treat it as if it was an ingot of gold. I'm almost afraid to spend it. I'll keep spending my on other things yeah that gift certificate just it doesn't burn a hole in my pocket i'm like what am i going to use it for i have to use it for something special something i wouldn't buy so lauren once said to me i was watching a movie on tv and she said i told her about the movie and she said you watch it on tv she goes do you own the movie i said yeah she goes why don't you go over and put the dvd in because why would you sit through all the commercials it's like a light bulb goes off in your head i'm like yeah so we were watching titanic the other day i love titanic and it was not a very good copy of the movie. So I thought, wait a minute. I think they remastered the film. So I took Lauren's gift certificate. I went to Deep Discount. And indeed, you can get the remastered version of Titanic on Blu-ray with some scenes that they have never had in the movie. They were deleted oh, scenes. Boy. The disc came. We popped it in. We were mesmerized. It looks amazing. You know, I talk about package media a lot. And I talk about Blu-ray, the quality. Now I know why the movie did so well. It looked like we were watching the movie on the screen. The costumes, you know. So, thanks to Lauren. Uh, What's your favorite line of that, John? You did it? it all through Las Vegas. Are they seating the... Are they seating the boats according to class? Yeah. The lifeboats. <laughs> the lifeboats. Do it all week. So, over at Deep Discount, uh, the sale they have going is a cool one. Uh, me and Tim like the sale. It's the National Film Registry Sale. Uh, so, Tim, what did you pick as something to recommend to our listeners? I picked The Shining. Oh, great that pick. That was probably one of my top five movies of all time. No way. Really? I love The Shining. Really? That's one of those movies that if if I didn't make an effort to put it in the, the disc and watch it and get it from deep discount, if it was on TV, if I'm clicking through, I'll stop and watch it from where it is. But, I, you know, I it came out in 1980. It, um, Jack Nicholson. I think Jack Nicholson is brilliant in it. 
Um, Here's Johnny. <laughs> Give me the bat. Give me the bat. <laughs> Give me the bat. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. All work and no play. <laughs> I, I should. I, I'll tell this story, but it, it, no, I won't tell the story. I'll probably be in trouble. I could have told the story years ago. I can't now. Okay. <laughs> in this politically correct culture, but. Um, <laughs> But let's just say I saw this in, in in the urban center of Philadelphia. It was a very different experience watching The Shining there. With the, with the, the audience. With the audience. I saw The Fly, this the remake with Jeff Goldblum like that. And it was one of the most hilarious, hilarious nights I've ever had because so, of the audience reaction. So I remember seeing The Shining in, Connecticut, in, in, in Philly. And then I had said, uh, here's what's going to happen. And then I went to see it in Connecticut. And it was a very different experience. But so, but I love I love the, because um, every once in a while they'll, they'll re-release it in, in some of the artsy theaters. But it's um, that's a film that looks great on Blu-ray. Yeah, Shelley Duvall. It's uh, here's the thing though at the deep discount one here that I showed up or that I put up here. The list price is fifty four ninety seven and the price is forty three eighty four. So I thought, why is it forty three? Bet you get a lot of copies. You get a T-shirt. Oh, <laughs> seriously? Comes with a T-shirt. So it's, uh, but you know the movie, it, uh, it, the director is Stanley Kubrick, it's uh, from Warner Home Video, and the family heads to this isolated hotel in the winter, and then evil, evil ensues. And, and you know, it's not gory, no, but no. it is it's creepy. creepy and makes your hair... When I, I love that scene where he goes to the bar, welcome, Mr. Torrance. And the guy's like, and, the, and he's in, the bartender's like perfectly tuxedoed. And well, and and Jack sits down and as if this, because he was off the wagon. That's right. He was falling off the wagon. So he was supposedly reformed. When they're uh, trying to get out of that, that bathroom. And it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's just a, well, such a well, well done. You know, well you movie. always surprise me. I had no, how, how long have I known you? I have no idea The Shining was one of your really? top five movies. No. And it's a great, it's a great pick, yeah, it's excellent a... pick. Mine couldn't be further from that, but it does f fall in my wheelhouse of, of things I want to get and I like. And uh, I don't know if you remember a, an animation studio called UPA. Um, UPA stood for United Productions of America, and there is a disc uh, available. It's a three-disc set. It's called the UPA Classics. And it's called the UPA Jolly Frolics Collection, but it's the classic UPA things. So the, this was an animation studio that was up and running around the same time as Disney, Warner Brothers, MGM. Their big, big, big claim to fame, which you'll know the minute I say this guy's name, is Mr. Magoo. Oh. <laughs> but they, um, they had a very unique look and style to their animation, quite unlike other studios of the time and some of their work has actually won academy awards so i picked the uh well, there was a very very defined maybe i got i'll say this wrong you'll know because you know animation there was a very defined almost pencil line of everything yes outline which mm -hmm. i always thought was kind of cool and that was a, a artistic choice they made and you're right and mr magoo was one of the, their most successful characters the owners of the studio were not big on what they called recurring stories so mr magoo was a recurring story but he ended up being a breakout hit with the glasses, definitely not something you'll find on flipping flipping through the cable. No, not at all, not at all. And uh, the release this week, the the new release is First Man on Blu-ray, stars uh, Ryan Gosling as Neil Armstrong. Did you see this in the theater? I want to see it. Did you see it? No. Uh, this this movie got a lot of good good feedback, but also some weird stuff around it. Like when the movie came out, people were upset that they didn't show Neil Armstrong putting the American flag on the moon. It wasn't about 
the moonshot. Well, no, no, they were like how unpatriotic, whatever. But all the, the directors like it's not about the moon landing. It's about the man who and his life and how they chose him to be. You know, the guy that was going to walk out on the moon and say the 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 words we all know. So um, I want to see it. My mom loved it. She recommend. She was shocked that I didn't see it. You know, my, you know my mom. You know Carol. She's like, "Have you seen First Man?" I'm like, "No. What? What? Well, go see it now." <laughs> Hey, he'll drop Did everything. Your mom see it? Yeah, she loved it. She she likes Ryan Gosling, and she liked the movie. So uh, there you go. Wasn't that the, the when you mentioned the American flag? I thought it was Ronald Reagan, but I could be wrong about what president it was. Maybe it was Richard Nixon. It was Nixon yeah. before, but when the Russians were upset that we put the flag there. Oh, oh they said, no. It, it and then someone said, "We'll go if you want to." Yeah, no, but but essentially the Russians protested at the UN that we could not claim the moon as our territory, and you can't put your flag there. And I, I want to say it was Reagan, but it probably might wasn't. Have been. Probably yeah, Nixon. No, it might have been Reagan. But they said, "Well, that's fine. Go take it down." <laughs> we agree with you. Take it yeah, down. Okay, go take it down. The Chinese are up there now, John. Yep. Yeah, the, you know they landed on the dark side of the dark, moon. far side of the moon. With Pink Floyd. Uh huh. And they have a little rover. All right. What are they so doing there? To close out our first, our deep discount segment. What are they doing there? So um, be sure to go over to focusgroupradio.com and click on the focus group. <clears throat> Excuse me. Go to focusgroupradio.com and click on the deep discount logo and start saving big. This week, I picked The Shining. John picked the UPA Jolly Frolics collection. Mm-hmm. And the new release is First Man on Blu ray. Right, Garrett? Thanks, deep discount. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we have two shop talks. John referred to one of them in his opening with uh, Gillette's new commercial. That's causing some controversy, and then there's also some things going on over at Grinder that we'll discuss, so stay with us. You're listening to The Focus Group with Tim and John. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. Focus on the savvy side of 9 to 5 with the Focus Group. Try, really try. Listen, laugh, and learn with Tim and John. I never try anything. I just do it. Hey, welcome back to the Focus Group. John Nash with Tim Bennett. Focusgroupradio.com is our site, and that has all the platforms we're on. So head over there, including Sharky the Shark from Deep Discount. We urge you to start shopping away. Uh, so I teased at the beginning of the uh, of this broadcast uh, that Gillette. I always think of Gillette as razor blades and shaving cream, and I think they're a little bit more than that. But basically, that is the core of their business. What else is it? <laughs> well, it's the, that's the core. They make they have a plant. They make great razor blades that are very expensive. Can't seem to escape that. In fact, I think I spreadsheet once how much I was going to spend on shaving in my lifetime. The number kind of surprised me. Why would you waste your time doing that? It's a monthly expense. Right, you got to know these things. What did you did you remember the number? No, I purposely banished it because it's it's kind of like saying how much toilet paper am I using in my lifetime? You don't want to know. You have to use it. You have to buy it. So Bob, I'm, use one less square. <laughs> we'll save three hundred and sixty-four. We'll save a roll of toilet paper a, a, a year. So um, Gillette released a two-minute commercial recently called "The Best Men Can Be," and it's a play on their thirty-year-old tagline called "The Best a Man Can Get." And the ad shows men intervening to stop fights between boys and berating others of their gender for saying sexually inappropriate things to females in public. Excuse me. Um, So this is the first time or one of the first times Gillette or a a packaged goods brand like so P&G would be in this category or people that make, you know, packaged goods. 
has stepped away from talking about the benefits of the triple blade or a double or the, the sensitive strip or, you know, a product benefit and gone directly into the culture to say we're supporting more positive portrayals of masculinity. It's like when Dove did it for women a couple of years ago. Yeah, now that's a great analogy. Now, did Dove get a lot of... I don't think so. I think there was a lot of positive, positive um, news around the fact that they were empowering women, empowering girls. So this this commercial hit on YouTube, and of course, parts of it were broadcast in cut-down versions. I'll just say the stat is this, though. Um, it's been released for about two weeks now, maybe a week and a half, and the UPay, YouTube has the following, or had for a while ago, the following counts. 343,000 dislikes to 83,000 likes. British TV personality Piers Morgan was one of the first high-profile people to object to the ad, and he weighed in by saying, This absurd, virtue-signaling PC guff may drive me away to a company less eager to fuel the current pathetic global assault on masculinity. Piers Morgan, you can take him for yeah, you take him for what you want to take him for. I, you know, I don't watch the guy anymore, but um, Gillette also is uh, pledging to donate a million annually for the next three years to a nonprofit devoted to helping men achieve their personal best. The Boys and Girls Clubs of America will be the first recipient, according to Adweek magazine. So I picked this because we could talk about the Gillette ad, um, and we can maybe see a little bit of it because I did put it in the deck, but. I think the broader thing here is uh, when a company decides to do this, it's not a small decision. You're, you're weighing into the culture wars, basically, and, and you do so at your own peril. And so uh, do you want to see any of the ad at all? Or you've... You, can, you can show it if you want for people There's who may a little not bit, be familiar yeah. with it. Bullying. The Me Too the movement against sexual harassment. Masculinity. Is this the best a man can get? Is it? We can't hide from it. It's been going on far too long. We can't laugh it off. Who's the daddy? What I actually think she's trying to say. Making the same old excuses. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. But something finally changed. Allegations regarding sexual assault and and there will be no going back because we we believe in the best in men men need to hold other men accountable smile sweetie come on to say the right thing to act the right uh, way bro not cool not cool some already are in ways big yo men and small. I am strong. I am strong. But some is not enough. So how we treat each other, okay? Okay. Because the boys watching today will be the men of tomorrow. And presumably, um, shopping with Gillette products. <laughs> the boys of tomorrow will be buying razor blades to, you know, tomorrow day. What do the boys in the booth think being younger than us? Oh, I hate that ad so much. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to buy Gillette ever again, honestly. No way. I think it's I'd a step in the right Venus. direction. 
<laughs> These it's nasty men. It's pretty much saying men are bad and they should be they are. women. They're all terrible. Uh, I don't even see it as that. I just see it as like a total pandering to this whole toxic masculinity. No one's saying that uh, that's bad, uh, good. But at the same time, it's so far and few between. Most men are great. We're chivalrous and... You know, all that good stuff. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I. it, it reminded me a little bit of... Put them all in of, cages. Yeah. <laughs> Remember the the Coca-Cola ads in the Super Bowl when they showed the women going after Lucky, the, the Diet Coke ads, yeah. you know, when they were whistling, hooting at them? And that was some sort that of... Was a, di- that was back in thing. the late ni- mid-90s, late 90s, yeah. But what I, was the model. Yeah, what, yeah. I, what I find troubling about this myself is that there's a difference between boys in the playground working out their differences versus Harvey Weinstein raping a woman in his office. Big difference. Very big difference. So I think there's an, they're trying to equate things here with all this me too stuff in the background. None of us think that's a good thing and no company I would assume thinks that that's Mm -hmm. a good thing. But being on the, if, if uh, I don't know, I guess I'm on the dislike category. Well, no, no. Okay, so let's say that I guess I am. Well, I, I, I think it's. I think it's a little bit. I liked some of the moments in there, but here's the thing: you're sitting in a boardroom, and you're the director of marketing at Gillette, and you were just presented with this idea, maybe even a rough cut of the video, by the agency uh, and by some of the people in the marketing department who came up with the idea. You're one voice of maybe five that have to vote on this, and you say, "I'm not. I'm not on board with yeah. this." But let's say the other four people, the executive, the other C-suite chimes in and says, "Okay, we're going to run it." The I, I, the decision making process to get to this point is what fascinated me. I mean, because you could you could say conceptually, "We're going to do a thing about toxic masculinity. We're going to show that a man can be better than he can be." Da 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 da. It sounds like the six million dollar man. But then you 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 picked out some instances where you those are gray lines to me. You know, when you when two boys get into a fight over something, you broke my model, you you did this. That's conflict resolution. Now I'm not I, I don't need to ascribe that to toxic masculinity because guess what? Girls get into fights too. Yeah. I, if you've seen girls go out on the playground, they're just as bad as boys are when it comes to like. And girls can't call at men or boys in, in school as well. There's girls that have crushes on boys that do mm-hmm. the same thing. But I think this does put I, – I, I think we understand what they were trying to do. I'm, I'm not so sure. I can't say I'm not so sure. I, I don't – You personally don't think. I don't like it. Well, interestingly, the, the people that represent the brand had the following to say towards the end of this article that even negative reviews can be positive – when it comes to drawing interest, given that most advertising is ignored or about some boring functionality such as shaving cream that makes your skin 17% softer, this is already a win for Procter & Gamble. Now, you're the guy in the meeting that just said, I don't like this idea where I don't want to do it, but everybody says we're going to do it. Oh, and by the way, even if people hate it, we're still going to get publicity. Well, PR is good PR. Yeah, so... Just spell our name right. <laughs> you, we've been, my whole point is we've been in meetings yeah. like this where people have thought of doing stuff like this. So well, it's about using Martina Navratilova in advertising. Yep. You know, we're going to get a lot of pushback or a lot of bad PR. I, 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 I think this is bigger of a, a I think this Gillette ad is, is in, indicative of a bigger issue though. And that is, I think as a culture and it's our people, our age group, mm-hmm. which are raising these kids, everybody gets a prize. Everybody gets to play. Everybody gets a part on the team. Um, that's not life. 
You don't always get the job. You don't always get the... I'm glad you brought it up. You always get the brass ring. You're going to have to take some defeats in your life. Otherwise, you're going to have these expectations, which I think a lot of these young kids do, these expectations that I'm going to get the bike because I want it. Smooth sailing. I'm going to get what I want because I want it. We never, as a culture, there were big events where you might, if you wanted a bicycle. Yeah. Or you wanted something for your birthday. You waited for a birthday or a special mm-hmm. event, uh, Christmas or, or Hanukkah or something. You didn't just magically get something because you wanted it. So on the YouTube page, way down in the comments, and I started looking at a lot of the comments for this, uh, uh, one guy wrote a, vi- a paragraph that you could have just, you actually just almost wrote the same thing or you spoke the same thing. Because he said, you know, I think this is crossing a line and we're starting to go into a direction we might regret going into. He said, because things happened on the schoolyard playground that formed character. Maybe, you, you know, your parents, I was told not to fight, you know, but if it came to it. <laughs> My father always said, don't ever hit anybody. If somebody hits you, make sure they remember it. That was what I was told by my them dad. Back too. and then you yeah. and I would wait. Somebody hit me, then I let them have it. And and so, never started it. But think about that. That was that was more of a boundary protection, setting expectations for the kid that would never do that again. So he had this really ec- excellent quote or this comment that he made on YouTube about that in particular. Then he talked about this notion of. You know, we form our character by being told when we're in the wrong and when we're in the right. So if every if if every single thing is wrong, 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 you know, how do you learn your bound? I don't know. It's I guess we both I, I'm in agreement with you. I think it was beautifully produced. I like the sentiment behind it. I like the thinking behind it. But um, I, as a marketing and advertising guy, I would have been one of the people in the room that would have cautioned this as a. But you like the thinking behind it of what? I think it's not bad to show examples of, uh, you know, and the, they showed some examples of men behaving badly. Very, And some of them are clearly things that other guys would say, cut that crap out. So that shows a bad, that shines a light on bad behavior and we see it, we process it and we think, oh, I, I'm better than that. But other than that, they, then they dropped, then they cherry picked and dropped in other instances of what they are considering toxic masculinity. And to me, it's like what we just discussed. It's like, oh, these two kids are having a fight. That happens all the time, and it might not happen with fists. It might happen with words, right? Right. So I don't know. Well, we do know this. This was this to me was an interesting play. It's so, hey, look, we're talking about it. Now that doesn't mean I'm running out and buying more Gillette products, but we're talking about it, which I guess was their goal in that very. Last statement, the uh, the representative said, hey, even bad press is good press. Have we really gotten to that point? Well, I guess we got there a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. I just don't equate it with, I don't equate schoolyard settling of scores with no. toxic a woman in my no. closed office. But, and that's a whole power, so yeah, there's a whole situation. Big, big, yeah. And that's really what me too. So this next article, uh, the quick one actually, is that a couple weeks ago, it was reported that the new head of Grindr, um, Scott Chen, had made on his Facebook post a comment about how he believes marriage is between a man and a woman, but everybody's different. It's a personal matter. It turns out that the uh, news organization that actually broke that story was is was owned by Grindr, and it's called Into, I-N-T-O, and it was their social media news branch that had been up and running for about 12 or 13 months, I think, or 17 months, sorry. Well, the decision came down that they're rethinking Into, and it's going to be more of a video and social media development platform, so that they've 
gotten rid of the news organization. Have you ever even heard of it? No, neither, never have, no. Grindr's a sex app. It's not a news service. So well, you and I have been on, on we've been on oh, press It's a networking trips. tool. We were on a press trip with someone who was promoting, it was like, for advertising purposes, is people network. Yeah, they network, but yeah. they're networking for one. <laughs> how, many, how much networking do you boys do at three in the morning? <laughs> it's only when I do it. <laughs> John and I were at an event with a bunch of LGBT people, and we laughed because they handed out this app for everybody. Everyone was at the bar hanging out, and then they all went back to their rooms and got on the app. It's like, could you have talked in the bar? Could have picked. We were screaming, laughing. We were, well, Tim calls me in my room. He goes, do, "Do you have that app on your thing?" I said, "No, no. Go ahead, download it." So I downloaded it, and he, I, I click on it. We're on the phone laughing about who who was on there. And we saw you. Almost everybody that was literally at the event, we were at a half hour earlier. And then the next morning at breakfast, you went, I almost spit my food out because we're sitting at the bottom of a staircase, and this guy comes down, and Tim goes, "Oh, he likes." And yeah. you literally filled in what the guy had on there. Not the next one would come. <laughs> but the one that came down the same clothes we saw him the night before, we knew he was in a room. Oh, that was the walk of shame. Yeah. But it's it's a news service and it's a networking app, John. Well, so th this Into organization, as I said, was part of Grinder. It was set up to, to disseminate articles, op-eds, columns, advice for the LGBT community. It did win a journalism award from the NLGJA. Um, and... Uh, it's like you know, being the biggest building in Scranton. Scranton. <laughs> and so there's a lot of hypocrisy, according to people who have left the company since this. Because I, I don't know how many people are aware of it or not, but, you know, Grindr is now owned by a, a Chinese gaming company um, called Kunlun. K-U-N-L-U-N. Kunlun. Kunlun? I, every time I try to pronounce something, I, get, I just... <laughs> Why did you just say a Chinese company? I, because I, I, it's, I'm looking. You know, you're right, Tim. You're absolutely right. I, sh I should have definitely stuck with just a Chinese company. How do you spell it again, John? K U N L U N. Kun Lun. Kun Lun. Kun Lun. Kun Lun. I could just have you read translations all day. I think next show I'm going to do. I'm just going to bring things for you to read. You know something that that could be another podcast of ours. <laughs> Maybe it's a ten minute, five minute podcast. Make you laugh, John. John, John Tim. Tim feeds John lines. There you go. Loon. So uh, that's about the gist of the article, and we Tim said a nice job of packaging that one up. Well, yeah, I um. I don't think, I don't know, maybe somebody will miss in too. And you're right, they did win some awards. But um, I, I didn't I didn't know of them. And you and I are actually, I would think you and I are pretty much on top of LGBTQ media, aren't we? Or aren't we? Uh, we're on top of traditional media. I, I, I never, the apps, I, I didn't, I don't view. I wouldn't go there looking for news. No, no. That's the no. thing. And that's, so that's I think from I a strategic say, yeah. direction, it makes sense for them to get rid of it. Yeah. But I don't know what, uh, what else it was. Well, there you go. Hey, listen, thanks for joining us today. <laughs> when Tim's up, when it's Next over, week, it's over. Next week, we're going to announce a new sponsor, so be sure to tune in uh, of, the, of the Focus Group. But we want to thank Deep Discount uh, for partnering with us here in the Focus Group. It's the National Film Registry. I picked The Shining. John picked the UPA, the Jolly Frolics Collection. Animation, it's animation. Animation, the new release is First Man. Thanks to uh, the boys in the booth, John and Garrett, and our new intern, Steve, who's not there right now. Did Steve go out? Steve went out, yeah. Probably yeah, sent him out to get coffee or something. <laughs> it was very sexist, me too. And um, 
He's getting us lunch. And uh, thank you, John. Thank you. So remember, everybody, don't text and drive. Arrive alive. I did it right. Everybody just breathe a sigh of relief. Like, and, and I think I did. I did it. Did we do the graphic? There it is. <laughs>